0: Morning, you guys. Oh my gosh. We're going to dive into our weekend here on Author Talk, but you have me, Amy, Russell, Sandy, and our lovely author guest today is Anne Charles. So you guys, let's dive into the weekend, shall we? Because I'm sure all of us have had an eventful one. Russell, I can't wait to hear your stories. But mine, I celebrated my nephew's fourth birthday on Saturday, and it was Cars themed. So it was you know, kids and playgrounds galore. Josh came home last week on Wednesday. Actually, he was going out of town and decided to call me at 8 in the morning and taking our girls to school and said, hey, you're coming with me packed. Well, my house wasn't ready. My laundry wasn't done, and I wasn't packed, okay? And so I got all of that done, and we left at 3. And so I was in Dallas with him the rest of the week, and then we went to San Antonio on Friday, which I don't know why none of y'all on this ever told me that uh, – children get especially at like two and three get motion sickness because i learned this the hard way on my four-hour drive from dallas to san antonio with my youngest okay it was awful it was so awful so i don't know why none of y'all told me this i just thought because they were younger and they slept it didn't matter it clearly it does because it was i need to clean my car it was gross. i never
1: had kids with motion sickness i didn't and even- i had a hundred kids
0: uh, we do. And you give me, mess. You give yeah, me three. Crap. I yeah, three.
2: I had four, but none of mine got those insignificance either. So thank you, God, because I would have never mm-hmm. left my house if I did.
0: It was awful. Like, it was awful and adventurous. Our hotel had though I like it cold when I sleep, okay? I like it like 60, 62 when I sleep. I sleep much better. The hotel, cold. the hotel, oh. The hotel would not get past like 70 at night. So I was miserable. Okay. So it literally was an adventurous uh, trip on all realms and spontaneous, but it made it fun. And Russell, who on previous episodes has given me quite crap for home renovations with my husband and has told me not to do it. And I've decided to go against Russell yet again. I'm probably going to learn the hard way. It
1: almost caused a divorce the last time we renovated (laughs) a house, I swear. (laughs) I was going to have to represent my wife against me.
0: Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I would love to see that, that. That's interesting. I never thought of that. And, you know, I know. I, I would love to see, I would pay money to see that, Russell. I truly would. <laughs> I'd but have
1: to you- conceal my financial records from myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But me and Josh have decided that we're going to attempt to do backsplash this weekend in our kitchen. We agreed on a backsplash yesterday. So we're going to attempt this with no support from Russell at all. Okay. Russell does not support this decision (laughs) at all, but you know, it's all good. So that was my weekend in a nutshell. It was very spontaneous and busy and all over the place. But what all did you guys do this weekend? Sandy, what did you do? I know last week was a big day for you or a big week. So tell everybody what last week was.
2: So on Tuesday i rang the bell at md anderson as i completed my cancer treatment um so all in all the whole process only took six months so i'm grateful i'm very grateful because i know that's not always the case but i found out in october that i had breast cancer and after more testing than anything else i went through the last six weeks with radiation and, um, so I'm very grateful for MD Anderson and, and everything that I learned and the people that i met. And, uh, so I did sign up to be a, um, for a clinical trial to be part of a clinical trial. Mm-hmm. So for the next 10 years, I will be going for testing and it's my, it's my give back to all MD Anderson and all they did for me. So it was, I am blessed Raul. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I saw that. So. Yes, I'm very blessed, and um, anyway, it's, it's over. I rang the bell. i got a video of you ringing the bell, so it's all good. But then, this weekend, my youngest grandson is five now, so wow. he, um, we had his birthday at this place called It's which is a place <laughs> with every kind of game known to man, plus rock climbing, plus bowling, and Buffer cars.
1: Sounds terrible to me.
2: (laughs) It sounds like it sounds like like hell. Oh right. Mm -hmm. I stayed in the room and watched the purses and all that because I'm like too loud, too much going on, trying to keep up with everybody. Because somehow when I finished this whole process, I just I was I have been exhausted since for the last few days so I have just crashed and that's one of the things I'm like let me just sit here and I'll watch everybody's purses and y'all go have fun so but to see my grandson and how excited he was and the highlight for me was not the party but on his actual birthday his my son and daughter-in-law took cupcakes and everything to his school, his, his mm. weekend. And they asked me if I wanted to go with them, and I did. And to see his face when he realized that grandma was there, not just mom and dad, was um, it was the most precious thing in the world. So grandchildren, I love grandchildren. Children, they can go on and go their way. But I want my <laughs> yes. So that's my weekend. I had a great weekend, lots to celebrate.
0: I love it. I love it. Russell?
2: Okay. I had a fun
1: adventure. It's a, a great adventure if you're a Houstonian, if you're from Houston originally. I live in Georgia now. I went to, and to the Atlanta Braves versus Houston Astros game in the Atlanta Braves stadium. Uh, we were in a suite. Uh, and the great thing about it is,
2: Everywhere
1: the Astros won. Now, everywhere else in the United States, they hate the
2: Astros.
1: They always say, The Astros, they're cheaters. And the best (laughs) response I've always found to that was, We're okay with that. (laughs) We won. So we're okay with that. But they hate the Astros. So it was great being in the suite with everyone hating on the Astros. The Braves were ahead the whole game. And then the Astros at the end of the game won it. So I got double hate. It was my favorite type of
0: event. (laughs) (laughs) Just being hated on is your favorite type of event. I love it. We are very similar. Russell, we're very similar. And what about you? What did you do this weekend?
3: Oh, not anything near as exciting. We Last year, my mother-in-law, she's 85 now. She's spending part of her time down here with us. And last year we had our septic tank torn up. And because of COVID and all the permit issue and different things, that tank was put in the ground and hooked up, but then sat for like four months with the you know dirt right next to it and just sitting out in the sun and i would joke that you know with our neighbors how lucky that you get to see our septic tank i mean it's not often you get to walk by a house and see their septic tank all the time right and you could have told
1: them you were moving a mobile home next to it <laughs> as soon as you could I know. Oh,
3: so man. after they left in the fall they covered it up with mounds of dirt and then the weeds grew and that's how it sat for a year and we used to have a nice little garden area out there but it was this lovely thing so we've spent this this spring just trying to take in wheelbarrows of dirt out and trying to level it, you know, give it sculpt and turn it back into a nice looking area. So my weekend was outside in the beautiful, I mean, it was in the 60s and low 70s. So it was gorgeous out, but working, shoveling, helping my husband who's building rock walls and all kinds of stuff to make it look nice. So that was that was a good part of it. And then we went down to Phoenix yesterday, which almost was at a hundred. So that was a shocker. Um, Mm -hmm. and we went to the international market like we do every few months. And that's always fun because you get to see so many different foods and wonder what does this thing taste like? And some, you're just like, Oh, that's disgusting sounding, you know, right there. But others, um, I got some black cat licorice from, um, it's Dutch black licorice that uh, it, before I had posted a picture and a bunch of fans said, that is awesome, you got to try it. So I got that and it was really good. So just exploring that and then driving home back up the mountains to here. But I was going to tell you, Amy, we learned early to uh, invest in kids' uh, Dramamine. They make it for kids. And we every time we took a road trip because my daughter gets car sick, um, And we got tired of the first restaurant we stopped at, spending in the bathroom with her throwing up. So, you know, we gave her that, you know, in, in the right dose. And, and that worked great. But we, we learned to call it instead of Dramamine, I think is we called it her Dramamine, because if we didn't give it to her, there was a ton of drama that would oh, happen. I <laughs> so love we, it. And she still calls it. Do, do I have some dramamine in the car? Because she's 16 now. And I'm like, oh yeah, we keep stock of drama. Oh nice.
1: Okay. That was a great story.
3: I that love story. I,
0: I love that. I definitely need that. It was our longest road trip that we've ever done. Cause I'm not a road tripper. Like I live vicariously through Russell because I mean, in the state of Texas, 11 hours, you're still in Texas. So I just don't like road trips. And I don't like being in the same car just for hours. Like after 30 (laughs) minutes, I'm done. Like I'm done with everybody in the car. I'm done with what we're looking at. I, I need space. So I'm not a road tripper by any means. But the four hours was our longest one with our kids. Because we were planning to Russell, we were planning to go to Tennessee, and we were going to drive and see everything. And now we are very much rethinking that. <laughs> you rethinking.
1: shouldn't think, you should do what Anne said. Anne is,
0: <laughs>
3: we, learned
1: from her experience. We
3: yeah. have road trips since they were babies. And we learned, like with the drama, meet, you know, you got to have certain things for certain kids. And yeah, there were times when they were babies, when it was like two hours and stop. 2 hours and stop. But our kids yeah. we've they're, That's they're true for 16 old men too. <laughs> and and women with small kidneys, you know, our bladders, I mean. So, yeah. But we learned early on, you know what, we just deal with it. But our kids are now 16, 18 and they're they're road trippers big time. They can just do long hauls and I know what you mean about Texas. We have to go through Texas to get to some friends in Florida, and so we try to find different things in Texas that we're mm-hmm. aiming for to stop and see because we know we're going to spend a day and a half there, yep. just trying to get mm-hmm. through it somehow. And Bucky's, of course, we're we're oh, always up for stopping at those. So oh so yeah, it's fun.
0: That's like a you have to. That's like a tourist destination. I feel like <laughs> as a gas station,
3: right? It's, <laughs> it's the craziest thing. We've talked about just going for a couple days and going to Bucky's and back just to get out on the road to take a break from our kids. Let's go to Bucky's, leave the kids at home, and then the kids are like, "No, if you're going to Bucky's, we're in, we're in it with you." So,
0: yeah, it's weird. I love it though. So I want to
1: thank the people that listen to us on the podcast. Most people listen to us on the podcast during the week. They don't get to see us live. They're invited to come watch us live at any time. Uh, Amy. Where can people find us for our podcast?
0: Yes. So you guys can find us anywhere that you can listen to a podcast Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, Google, Good Pods, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. I know Russell always says he has a hard time finding us. So if you type in Author Talk and you see the crimson red, And gold because I have to say crimson red because I am an Alabama fan. Okay, so it is crimson red. That's
1: disgusting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so when you see that with our new logo, that is us. But if you want to watch us, because we also do do this live on video in our Facebook group, our YouTube channel, all of our social medias, you are more than welcome to do that. I will give a disclaimer though. I control what comes out of my mouth, but not my facial expressions. And I do talk a lot with my hands. I'm very animated. Fern is awesome. So we are pretty entertaining to watch. And for Russell, when he gives us, you know, the side eyes because Russell is our time Nazi. Everybody that has listened or follows us knows this. So it's fun to kind of see the looks that Russell, Russell gives us. And when he picks on us, the looks that we give him back. So it is fun. So make sure you go over to our YouTube channel or our Facebook group to follow us and see us live, or you can follow any of us on social media. We're all public and open books. You're more than welcome to do that. If you want to be on the show, I will be completely honest, like I am every week with you guys. Send me a direct message because my emails get bogged down really far, really far. And so if you want to be on the show, please send me a direct message. It will pop up on my phone and I will get back to you. Keep in mind, I do have a three and a two-year-old so emails just aren't my thing. They're just, it's very difficult for me. But direct message goes directly to my phone from any one of our platforms, and I will get you on the show when we have availability. So keep that in mind if you want to do that. But with all of that being said, I'm going to kick it to you, Sandy, and let's get Anne talking about her books.
2: Well, I can't <laughs> wait to hear Anne talk about her book. And, Anne, uh, why don't you hold up the one you've got there on the table beside you so everyone can see the latest and greatest book of the Deadwood series, which it sounds like Deadwood series, there's going to be three or four books. But honestly, how many books in total do you have in all of the Deadwood series?
3: OK, so there's two Deadwood series. One. I did that and that's really four. So two. <laughs> um, uh one is the Deadwood Undertaker series which is this it's set in the 1870s in Deadwood South Dakota Dakota Territory actually is what it was then. And then and and this one I co-write with my husband Sam Lucky and then I have another series that's the Deadwood Mystery series that's contemporary uh and it's still the same town it's the same world it's just contemporary versus what happened in the past and they're both people. is it the same people uh it's supernatural so there are some characters that do Ah. that are in both series but you know the humans of course are humans um so we have both series running and the the deadwood contemporary one i'm working on book 13 right now This is book four of the Deadwood Undertaker series. And my husband is working on uh, book five right now. So we um, have both of them running kind of at the same time now, um, which is fun. If you're into one series and you're looking for, you know, like I said, there's some supernatural characters. So you're going to see some in both. And that's a lot of fun for the readers that read both series.
2: So tell me where this is one thing that always interests me about authors is. Where did the idea come from to do a series of books called the Deadwood series?
3: So when I was in uh, junior high, my mom and stepfather moved from Northwest Ohio out West to Deadwood um, and the whole Black Hills area. And so I started at a young age spending my summers out there and Christmas holidays and all kinds of stuff going back and forth between Ohio and Deadwood. And so I grew up hanging out there. And back then, because I'm old, um, you know, and there wasn't the internet and all the stuff to do, I'd go down in the day when my mom had to work down in one of the tourist shops and I'd I'd hang out on Deadwood's Main Street. And Deadwood's one of those wonderful historic towns that they have a lot of, you know, historic buildings. And you can go there and feel kind of like you're in the Old West again, you know, and what it was like. And they have lots of museums and all kinds of fun stuff for uh, tourists, for both old and young, because they also have gambling. Um, So you can go there to gamble if you like. And the big Sturgis motorcycle rally is like Fifteen miles away. So in August, there's, you know, in the summer, there's lots of motorcyclists around going through the beautiful Black Hills. So I spent a lot of time there. And back then, um, it would get hot in the summer, just like now. But I mean, back then, I didn't have an iPhone, I had nothing to do. So I would go hang out where I could where there was air conditioning. And one of those places was the Adams Museum. And you could donate a quarter or a dollar, whatever you had, or just go in for free, and they'd let you be in there as long as you weren't, you know, causing problems. So I would just hang out in that museum, and I'd be reading everything I could because I wanted to look busy, so they didn't think I was just, you know, loitering in there for the air conditioning, which is what I was, you know, doing a lot of times. So I learned so much history about Deadwood just because it gave me something to do while my mom was working for eight hours a day, and that just, you know, spending every year there. Um, we lived about 20 miles out of town up in the hills. So I would, we had this old motorcycle that was in such bad shape. We had, um, the clutch didn't quite work. So we had some, you know, uh, wrenches on it and different things just to keep it together, you know? Um, I can picture that. (laughs) So I would ride that. And my parents said, I was 15. They said, or 14, they said, you can ride this thing anywhere where there's a dirt road, just don't go on the pavement. And so most of the Black Hills at that time was dirt roads. So I just went everywhere and I got to go in mines, um, gold mines from old that hadn't been shut down. You know, a lot of times they weren't even barred over. And I'd go back there with a candle and, you know, just kind of spelunking here and there. So, and, and just all the old mine buildings were still up in a lot of places because insurance, you know, and getting sued wasn't as big of a deal. Now they've they've torn a lot of that down because, there's four wheeling allowed and people were getting into stuff and causing, you know, having accidents. So a lot of places are marked off now. But back when I was a kid, you could just kind of go all over. And I did. So it really gave me a love of the Black Hills and Deadwood and the whole history of the place. And that's kind of where these stem from.
2: That's awesome. So uh, tell me about your protect. You have the same protagonist throughout the whole series or well
3: for for the deadwood contemporary yes violet parker and for this one um we have there's four characters and one of them is uh clementine johansson she is one of the main um protagonists she's there at the very start of the first book uh and and she is there with two there's two guys the rabbit and Boone, and they're a lot of fun they were they'd come west on a wagon train and their families had died drinking bad water and the the guy that um I'm not coming up with words this morning for titles. The guy that led the wagon train, he took him under his wing. He felt bad and kind of raised him. So they're kind of his sons. They're together. So they, they're they not brothers, but they act like brothers because they've been raised together. Um, and then there's a guy named Hank. That's just he's he's old in this, but he's only in his 40s. So but, you know, back then, your 40s, you were pretty seasoned. And so he's part of the four crew that really is, you know, um, the key for this group, but, um, Clementine's the undertaker. She start, we start out with a female undertaker and that's, that's who she is. And that came about cause my husband and I were watching some old West documentaries and one was about undertakers. And, um, we finished one and I, I looked at him, and I said, have you ever heard of a female undertaker? back then and and you know we looked it up and there weren't there there weren't many there's a lot of you know bad stuff that was viewed if you were an undertaker anyway and then female on top of it so it kind of began with hey let's have this female undertaker but then like i said these series have supernatural so she is she's not she's not from there she's come in hired um kind of as an assassin of sorts to take care of others that are supernatural that are in town causing problems that are kind of the you know the bad guys you could say so book one is where they all get together and you first meet everybody and and get started and then this is like i said this is book four and they're heading out into this town in the boonies and they got to fight a lot of different supernatural creatures and and beings and so it's it's very action-filled from the start to the end it's just constant trying to get you know, it's like um world war two, some of the battles and things where they're just trying to get over there. That's all they're trying to do, but you just keep hitting waves of enemies and different things set you back. So, um, and like I said, my husband's a big part of this. He's he's we we plot it together, he writes first draft, um, comes up with amazing stuff. He he makes up songs for the like girls in the bars that are singing, just stuff. And I'm like, where did you come up with this? And he goes, I don't know, I just It's just a song that I put together. So we have a lot of fun.
2: I was going to ask what it's like writing with your husband. We've had quite a few people on here. I don't know if we ever had a husband and wife writing team before. I don't remember it anyway. But so I just wonder what that was like.
3: Well, you know, we've worked together since the start. You know, Ann Charles has these books, but he's always been in... Part of the you know part of the scene just behind the curtain with technology because early on you know I was building websites and he'd hear me out you know with the kids around me as little babies and I'd be sweared up a storm and he'd go what are you doing and I'm well I can't get the computer to do this and this and he he for for a bit of time he worked at Microsoft so he's my tech guy and he just would always go, let me, let me take this for you. Let me help you with this. Let me format this book. Let me build, you know, help with your website. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me format or, you know, put the, do the behind the scene words or deal of uploading books. Let me be the graphic artist to help with the covers. You know, let me do this. And he's always been a huge part of it. Um, But this is the first time we actually wrote something together, which was a, a whole new experience. Cause when we work on projects in the yard, He leads. I'm the gopher. It's just, you know, I couldn't hang a door to save my life if you wanted me to. But he can build things. He can remodel. Yeah. So I just do. What do you want me to sweep up? What do you want me to go get you? How can I help you? Um, This is the first time where we're more on a level footing, you know, with, hey, let's write this together. And his mom was an English teacher. She has her master's in English and taught for years. So I'm I, I and I'm from you know a farm town in Ohio where we didn't have English teachers handy. So his vocabulary is incredible to me. Um, the words that just pop out when he does the you know the Old West, the vernacular, all that kind of stuff. It he reads old newspapers. So he gets how they talked back that, you know, the, the speaking manner, the way they, you know, and he'll incorporate all that into it. Um, he just does such a fun, amazing job. Uh, and his strengths are incredible that way. And then where I come in is I've I've wrote 30 books on my own. So um, just kind of, you know, saying, I think we need to do this with Clementine. Let's do this. And then I go through after and I add little touches. We we think of it as building a house. You know, we plan it together. He builds the framework. He builds everything, and then I come through and I add color and I you know to the walls and I say, let's put these drapes up. Let's do this, and then we agree or we don't agree sometimes. Well, and kind me, of let me
2: ask you this.
3: Who is Who won the USA
2: Today Best Selling Author? Award? Oh,
3: that was me. That was the Deadwood Mystery Series way back. You know, that was from old. when. I just um, wondered
2: if you shared in the awards
3: as well. Oh. <laughs> well, we do, you know, marketing-wise, yeah. But it goes with the Deadwood Contemporary Mystery Series. So that one.
2: That one's um, all
3: yours. Yeah, but this one's won um, some gold medals and stuff. This series, I should say, has won gold medals and stuff. And it's. It's really fun to watch it develop. And some fans jump right into this series with the Deadwood and love them both. Other fans go, Oh, I like the contemporary better. It's this, it's that. And other people are like, I love this series. This is so much, so much fun. And the Deadwood one's okay. So it's really kind of fun to see how the readers, you know, feel like they're going back and forth. That that's very interesting. Oh, so, cool. Somebody's uh, reading it uh, right now. That's so awesome. I'm
0: pretty know. sure that's Dina Ray. She is your biggest. Fan, I kid you not. So oh, wow. she, works, she works on top shelf with Mickey and I, and she also does reviews. And every time she's like, "I need a new book," I'm just going to get an Anne Charles book. Like every time. <laughs> and so oh, she is, yes, and when she found out that you were going to be on today, she was just like, "Oh my!" She really started fangirling. I've never <laughs> seen this this woman fangirl in my life. And I heard her on the phone, and she was uber excited. So I knew I was expecting a comment to come across from her. And so I had to share it. It's the highlight of her day. So she is your biggest fan. And my oh, she's a groupie. See, she
3: said <laughs> thank you. And thank you so much for the reviews you've been sharing on in, in top shelf and and helping me. I can put them out there for everybody to read We I really appreciate it. My husband, and I appreciate what you're doing. It's awesome. So thank you so much, Dina. And I'm glad you love the story and you're having fun with it. I hope it gives you plenty of laughs and gives you something to smile about. That's, that's, you know, one of the reasons I get up and hit the keys every day is to just, it's not to change your world or make you, you know, clear out your house of all your stuff. It's just to make you smile and laugh and keep going.
2: And Russell, when we were talking earlier, you wanted to share something during the interview. So you remember what that was?
1: Sure. Uh, I noticed, uh when I was looking at the uh, introduction to your new book, which is basically one of your characters talking about the situation that he was going to be in. Mm, Hank. Yes. And Hank was, Hank's, uh, the way you wrote it was the whole thing was in his particular dialect. Right. So, you know, that's a struggle that I have as I write how much dialect do you use and when does it become harder to read for the reader? And do you struggle with that? And how do you deal with that in your books?
3: So Hank, um, he has, yes, it's, it's strong. And, and a lot of times when we go, before we release these, we will read them aloud. And a lot of times while we're reading aloud, if we're, if we're struggling with something too much, then we might go in and tweak it a little bit and say, okay. But a lot of times part of the, the wonderfulness of Hank is his dialect. Um, And I know I've, I've read where, Oh, you shouldn't go too strong on it. It can slow down readers. I've read books where I've struggled because of a dialect is a little too strong, but um, we try to make it enough that you really get a flavor for Hank. And he doesn't just sound like everybody else but not so much that you're just stumbling over every word. Um, and sometimes you're not gonna understand completely what Hank says because n- the other characters don't. And so then we'll try to have them go, what? You know, what is? what did you even say there? You know, just to add the humor to it. Um, there's, I, I, I can think of a lot of so, some reality shows I've watched where some of the the people they speak and part of the humor is, is just the other people going, what, what did he just say? You know, and just kind of the reactions to that. So we do try to go through it and, and not make it too strong. But I've read a, a lot of um, Zane Grey books. And you know, he wrote those back in the early 1900s. And boy, some of the dialect is so strong in, in those books. But I love it, because it made the character feel more real to me. This is, this is, you know, this guy and this is how he talks. And come on, we've all known other people, family, friends that they have, it seems a language all of their own, you know, and, and you have to really sit there and listen and go, what are you, what, can you say that again? You know, I can't even understand half the words you just said, you know? So we wanted him to feel more like a flavor of the old West. You know, what was, and we've had some people say, I don't know if people talk like that back then. Have you met Hank?
1: Have you met, do you know a Hank? Have you met the Hank? Is he a guy? uh, Well,
3: he's, Hank is one of my husband's characters. So my husband has met some real characters in his years. So I, I. I'm sure there is a mixture of people in there that he's known. We kind of have our characters that we really specialize in that, you know, it's like, don't touch their dialogue because that's my character. Um, And and like that back and forth. So that's, and and that's one where I just go, um, make sure the apostrophes are in the right place when I read through. And I just laugh as I read his dialogue. Cause it's, it's just, again, the things my husband comes up with It's made when you write with someone, you really see what's inside their mind. Sometimes it's amazing.
2: Is it scary sometimes?
3: (laughs) I have
1: one more question, Sandy, then I'll turn it back to you. Uh, Will you see? Will you uh, either read or sing us one of those songs that is written for one of your characters? Oh, man. I mean, you can't tell us that story and not sing us one of these songs.
3: I don't know. It's too juicy. I know, but I can't remember. There's one oh i'd have to look it up and i can't remember where it is i think it's in book two where they're at a bar and the one of the females at the they're doing a dance and they're singing and and they finish the song and it's not a happy song it's depressing about the miners and they're going to go in and they're going to mine and then they're going to die and it finishes and i love it because he has um one of the two guys i talked about rabbit and boone rabbit turns to boone and Am I allowed to swear on this show? Uh, or do I need? Okay. He turns yeah, to Yeah, I'm Buddha on the show, goes,
1: so you can okay. swear.
3: <laughs> he turns to Boot and he goes, That was a shitty ditty. <laughs> or that was a real shit. Something like that. And I, when I read it the first time, uh, what my husband, I just laughed so hard because it was, I was like, this is such a depressing song that she's singing to all these minors and cowboys. And then he just says it. And it was like, oh yeah, it really was. And, and he'll do stuff like that. Just come up. And what I really love is my husband, um, there is a slight bit of romance, not a lot in this, in the Undertaker series, just a little. And when it comes to those scenes, he'll go, uh, my husband will write some wildly purple prose because he's just wanting me to come. In. You know, it's for me because um, that's kind of more my specialty. I haven't done a lot of, you know, grew up in the romance writing world long ago. And so he'll write some amazing purple prose and I'll just die laughing because it's like, oh boy, <laughs> takes you right out of the story into this whole crazy, you know, bend him over backwards and the graphics, the whole thing kind of a romance scene.
2: I did see that now that you mentioned the romance, I did see that some of your awards were from the Romance Writers of America, which congratulations. That's a a huge, huge organization. So so before we turn it back over to them, just tell me a little bit about the marketing that you do for the book. That was always been my, my heart. I know you work with Mickey. So obviously he does the press releases and got you on here and other shows. So, other than that, what what marketing do you do to, to the books?
3: So, yes, meeting Mickey, I think we've been together four years, was an amazing, wonderful thing that was just like, you know, light shining down from the sky. Here he is. Um, yay, this is the person I was looking for to help me go to the next level, which was podcasts and getting on the radio and doing so much more. Because it's really hard when you're going solo. But prior to that, what I'd done for years is um, my sister-in-law helps us. She's our assistant, if you will. And she has been there with us Jeez, since like 2013. And so one thing we would do, you know, that I is, is when a, before a book comes out, we have a huge editing team. It starts out with first draft readers. And when they're done, I clean it up. We go through official, you know, we have a wonderful editor um, and she's a professional editor and she goes through it. And then we have what we call the beta team. And that'll vary anywhere from 40 to, you know, 60 people. And these guys are diehard readers from old that have been with us a long time. And they each have different things they bring to the table. So we go through them. And with what their help, then we're getting a feel for where things hit and which lines are the best and all that kind of stuff. So we're pulling instead of me figuring out, was this as funny as I thought? Then I get from them, oh, this was hilarious. Let's use this line in marketing. Let's do this. Um, And then they're really important part of when the book releases they're out there with me a lot of them acting as part of the sales team plus we open it up to promo we we do a promo call for um like for the contemporary series we call us the deadwood deputies um for this it's the Deadwood prospectors and that's anywhere from 100 to 200 people that volunteer their time they help us spread word on um you know facebook all social media they'll go talk about it out in the communities they go to the libraries they're going all over and helping us tell everybody we provide graphics we provide you know quotes all kinds of stuff to help them make it easier and then we do every time i we go my husband and i will go we'll we'll buy like hundred different prizes or more. Some are little, just certain kind of unique stickers that you can only get if you're on the promo team. Others are big things that, um, geez, I can't think of anything at the time, but we usually have a, a, like five bigger prizes that are really cool cutting boards that are personalized, you know, or something to the series. And then you're eligible to win any of those. And then for the beta readers, as well as the whole promo team, I write a personalized thank you card to each and every one of them. So I'll sit there for hours writing and I figured up um, a couple of weeks ago, I figured up that I've probably written 5000 plus thank you cards over the years to everybody, but I do it myself and I don't get a stamp. You know, people go, why don't you just get a stamp and just, you know, have it printed on the card and just put your stamp. And I'm like, that's not the way it works for me. It has to be personal. I have to take the time, dear June thank you for your help promoting and not every card's the same i change it up all the time so and that takes time and it makes my hand really sore but it's worth it i think so that's all just part of the stuff we do you know that's one more you know grassroots kind of a way we go about stuff
2: um I'm the good. books
3: the books are in Deadwood with a lot of different retail retailers, which is wonderful. They help me sell, and they're gung ho salespeople. So, and it's a big tourism area, so people come through. You want to you want to enjoy Deadwood when you go home. Take this book home with you. It's more of Deadwood. You can take it home and feel like you're still here. So that's big too.
2: I love that. That's great. I don't know that I've ever heard something very unique. I don't know if I've ever heard of an author that had hundreds on their um, their beta team, their review team, and especially those that went out and helped them sell the books, either at, so you, I guess you do libraries or bookstores and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. So yeah, but I do think that probably one of the biggest secrets to that would be your personal touch with them. Because you're right, people like, they like to be recognized. They want to be, they want to think that they're giving all this to you and the books, but that you at least recognize that and appreciate that so i think it sounds to me like you're doing an amazing job so i'm very the, excited. very nice to meet you
3: yes well it's
2: been we retired for almost two years now so yeah love being back on here as a, as a guest host and getting to meet some of the new authors so that's very exciting. That's,
3: i just want to say i mean uh, as authors, we're nothing without our readers. We're just writing. I mean, we're, we're getting rid of this stuff out of our mind that keeps us from maybe going a little crazy or less crazy. Right. <laughs> but, um, Without the readers out there that are reading the books and supporting us, and more important than anything, I believe, is telling others, try this book. Because you can do Google ads, you can do Facebook ads, you can do Amazon ads, you can do all kinds of ads. You can do so many different things to try to reach readers, and it works to some degree. But I don't know about you, but nothing makes me watch a movie, for example, on TV more than somebody who says, I just watched this on Netflix or Amazon Prime. It's awesome. I loved it. If you like this, you're going to love it. And if I kind of know them a little bit, I'm like writing it down or taking a screenshot so that I can look it up later and watching it. That word of mouth is gold. So I am so appreciative for all the readers and fans that help us um, get the word out and make it happen. Cause without you guys, it's just, it's so hard to reach anybody new.
2: Yes, one of the things that will have me read a book quicker than anything is to see the author be interviewed somewhere and hear their responses. I mean, it just makes you want to go buy the book immediately. So, and I just saw where Dina is recommending and said I would laugh out loud. So I will definitely be getting. I will be starting my process of reading (laughs) the Deadwood series. Awesome.
3: Well, I hope, like I said, its purpose is to make you laugh when when you know everything's crappy and you just feel like i gotta get out of this i need a break pick it up sink into violet parker or you know clem and the guys and just escape and have fun with them
2: so are we i think we're are we running out of time russell because our russell's our time nazi um so (laughs) like
0: how he doesn't have to say anything he just nods his head and you can just feel you can feel the answer you can feel sometimes
2: i would love to hear you talk about Writing for to make people laugh because I, I do hmm. think that's not the easiest method of writing and Russell you would know more about that because you've done a lot more with studying writing styles and
1: I think we have time for you to ask that question that's okay. a good question that I was dying to ask her
2: oh good that's good, good. so how difficult it is it and what do you have anything that you can share with us on when you write to make people laugh
3: so I did not realize that it was a tough thing to do until another author and she writes hilarious books too. She said to me, do you realize how hard it is to write humor that people, you know, it's a struggle, but she said for her, it comes naturally. And for me, it comes more naturally. And I I said, I guess I didn't. It was just me pouring it out on the page Um, you know, we're just putting out, you know, with my husband too, on this series, we're just putting out us on the page, you know, and, and of course, sometimes that hurts when you get those nasty reviews that say horrible things. You're like, ouch. Okay. So you don't like my sense of humor. (laughs) Not everybody will. Some people are going to be turned off by it, but this is, you know, I love that I can find fellow people that share a sense of humor with us, And that's what is so important in life finding people you can laugh with, you know, and share stuff like this with. But one thing I did learn early on, I went to a class and it was given by Jennifer Cruze, who she was a romance author. I don't know if she's still active, but she's amazingly funny. She said, don't make the joke. Don't make fun of other people. So when you're in a character's head, you don't have them necessarily making fun of the other person and saying they're an idiot or a jerk. You more turn the humor back on, themselves saying i tripped and fell and i you know scratched my leg up and here i am at my job interview with a blood on my cheek and but i'm going forth you know you make it more again you know about yourself and and turning that poking fun at yourself now you can have a jerk that says something or you know a villain and and it's not like you you say oh you're an idiot but you go you look like you're you know you um dressed for the scene of, you know, like, I don't know, Barney Miller show for those of us that have been older or, you know, something, some funny old show, you look like you're on the set of the Goonies. What are you doing? You know, and you can do it that way. So it's not like direct that you're pointing, but you, you have to be careful because everybody has some similarities with the villains too. So when you insult anybody, you're, you, you might come across a reader that's going, Hey, I have that. That's not funny, but if you can make it more of a humorous thing where it reflects back on the main character, not understanding them, you know, I have a supernatural guy that talks, you know, he just says stuff that's way out there. What's your blood type? And she says, you know, it's red, jokingly, and he goes, Oh, you're human then. Gotcha, you know, and just he's very eccentric. But instead of poking fun at him, she's one. He's one of her best friends, and she just they play back and forth. So you can, you just. It's not always easy because there's a lot of sensitive subjects now. But a lot of times, if you, like I said, you turn it back on themselves, the main character, and then it's more you're making, we all make fun of ourselves, at least most of us do, <laughs> because we do stupid things like trip over, you know, our own feet in a hallway walking by someone and we look like a total idiot. And then we're like, oh, watch out for that step there when there's nothing, you know, you just try to play it off.
2: That's great. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Russell. Did that answer the question for you too?
3: Yes, I'm glad that.
1: It, but before we go, and you need to tell tell the listeners where to find your books.
3: So we're all over the place. Um, the easiest thing to do is to go to my website and at ancharles no www.anncharles.com. That was my email address, which you're going to email me to ann at But anyway, if you go to my website, we have lots of links, but I often tell people just type in Ann Charles or, you know, one of the Deadwood books names, wherever you buy your books. We, we try to have ourselves all over. Currently, the Undertaker series is on KU, but it's about to come off in early May. We just did a three three month run for any KU readers that wanted to get it that way. So most of the time we're wide, which means we try to just be everywhere we can be in print, in um, ebook, we or audiobook all over the place. Um, so most likely you can find it somewhere. I once had a person from Tim, was it Timbuktu? No. Oh, gosh, what was it? It's it's somewhere over in the Himalayas. And he said, I found your book at a bookstore here, and I want to know how I can get more. And I was just like, somebody must have went um, up Everett, Mount, or not Everett, Mount Everest. Everett's a city in Washington. but Anyway, must have gone up Mount Everest and taken the book over and left it at a bookstore. Um, geez, see, I told you that it's too early for names for me, <laughs> but left it in the, in the city that's right there outside, you know, that they- Yes. Anyway, you can find us everywhere. Even places that amaze me, I think. I and love so that.
2: Two points of clarification. Ann is A-N-N. I know there's multiple ways of spelling Ann. So anncharles.com, A-N-N. And then, um, oh, it's one other thing you said. Uh, anyway, so you are on Amazon. Oh, K-U is Kindle Unlimited, for those of you that don't have that. So that means... You can go read the book for free, right? Right. And it's paid based on the number of pages. So
3: right, right. That's yeah, with Ku, and it was Kathmandu. Now I remember, not Timbuktu. It it may seem like it's in Timbuktu to some of us, but it's not. It's Kathmandu. (laughs) So, Amy, it's all yours.
0: It is all me. See, I get to do the fun part of opening us, and then I'm the bad guy that has to end our show and close us out. But, Anne, it is always so much fun to have you and your writing. And I mean, I know your biggest fan who calls me after she's read your book, Dying Laughing. I have no idea what's going on. So, me and Sandy will have to read your books and get them so I can relate to Dina. She's laughing and losing her mind. But thank you so much for joining us today on Author Talk and taking time out of your morning to come and hang out with us. We absolutely love it. And we cannot wait for you to come back and to see
3: where else you go in your writing journey and career. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been been a blast this morning.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, you guys, we hope you all have a fantastic Monday, a great rest of your week, and we will catch you all next Monday. Until then, bye, everybody.